scratch and smooth. Before I do not appreciate a man of mystery. If you have something to say, say it. No, Your Ladyship. Either impart this piece of information or go. Very well. You're listening to SNS Online with me, Septimus Spratt. I mean, uh, Jeremy Swift. You're testing me, Spratt. And I warn you, being tested does not bring out the best in me. No, Your Ladyship. Septimus Spratt, or as we call him here, Exceptionus Spratt. Total ledge from Julian Fellows' internationally successful ratings buster, Downton Abbey, played with a plum by real-life legend, UK character actor Mr Jeremy Swift. You see, we at Scratch and Sniff Towers thought Spratt was a real person, but no, apparently it's Jeremy having us on all this time. And he's been all these people too. Vasily Bolotnikov in Jupiter Ascending. Speaking of money, I was wondering if... Oh, let me guess. Another advance. For what this time? Shoes? A new phone? Oh, earn it back. <laughs> no, you mean you're wasted trying to make yourself feel better by buying something you don't need. But instead of feeling better, I should save my money and feel worse? Exactly. Now, you're a smart girl, Jupiter. That's probably the reason you are not married. Sean Greenhouse in... The Antiques Rogue Show. Can't face the fact I've destroyed him. But your father would have known. He, he wouldn't know an Amana princess from a Cindy doll. My, my dad's been involved with me, but I'd put him there. He had deceived me on father. And I'm finding that very hard to live with. Mr Bumble in Roman Polanski's Oliver Twist. Please, sir. I want some more. Oliver Twist has asked for more. And Barry in the smoking room. I, I, I delegate till I'm blue in the face, but oh no, they need a, a, a father figure, a cuddly daddy to, to wipe their asses for them. Well, it's, it's not me, dear. <laughs> Stupid questions like, um, how long did St Paul's letter to the Corinthians take to get to the Corinthians? It tires me and it makes me eat too much. Plus, not forgetting... Jeremy Swift, pop star. Jeremy Swift's brand new debut album, Everything's a Joke, which is available now. Well, I think it's time to wheel on our latest guest, Jugular Vein Thirst, for the scratch and sniff treatment. Ladies and gentlemen, trans beings and multiforms, give it up for the acting and singing sensation that is Jeremy Swift. Hello there, this is Jeremy Swift. Yay. All tired and that. <laughs> He's been filming on that Mary Poppins 2, The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Umbrella Strikes Back. <laughs> It's such an honour to have you here. I mean, you Is are um, show business royalty, part of the, the, the Downton family. You're going to be in Mary Poppins 2, which is very, very exciting, with lots of uh, fabulous, famous stars. Um, yeah. You're now a pop star. This is extraordinary. I mean, what, what do you not do, sir? Um, I don't play the Mongolian nose flute. But I'm sure it's just a matter of time, I isn't think, it? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my way towards that. But you know the thing that I most envy of, of your uh, your uh, fabulous show business life? You have a shed in your garden, don't you? I do. Oh, you've seen that I online, just, I'm yeah. so, so envious and cover to garden shed. You see, my partner Andy says that when we move to a bigger place, I'm allowed to have a shed just so I, I can cool. sort of... Uh, although he added uh, that he'll be putting a padlock on the outside <laughs> as well, so... Charming. Anyway, he can watch what he wants on telly, and I can watch my Doctor Who's and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And what about the puppet fixation as well? Because that was actually in one of your videos, your your, your um, pop videos. It was, yes. Yeah, it was the first time I dug it out. I No, I used to, um, yeah, there's no, as you said, alluded to, there's no part of show business that I won't have a mess with. And uh, I did used to have um, a puppet theatre uh, show, which I did at kids' parties. About... That's so sweet! Well, yeah, it, it was Bless sweet, yeah, but it was it was very hard work because it was it was it took a long time to get it together, and yeah. sometimes I'd find myself kind of putting it together and effing and jeffing a little bit to myself, and uh, while some kids were going running about, Daddy, what's that man saying? Um, so I got a little bit scary sometimes, but no, I started doing it because my uh, son used to wake up in a really bad mood in the afternoon, so I started just sort of saying, "Hello, let's drive to get up with a toy." <laughs> And then I thought, ooh, I could do something with this. So I started writing my own puppet shows. Oh, that's and, adorable. Um, yeah, yeah. I used dry ice. I wrote my own music for it and wrote that's, my own yeah. stories. And yeah. That's fantastic. My sister is is called Juggling Jack, by the way. She's no um, threat to you because she's out of the business for quite a long time. But she was a big hit in Horsham for many, many years. Oh, really? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, look her up online. I, actually, I don't know if she is online. But uh, let's, <laughs> for that anyway, um, let's... Uh, <laughs> Roll back those years initially, uh, just to talk about your early influences and any eureka moments when you decided you wanted to be on the stage and smell the crowd and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh. Well, it was more incremental, really, that I did... Um I did improvisation at and classes at a local art centre when I was, like, 11 or 12, and... My mum kept on saying, ooh, how about doing this? You know, as mums do. And then I did a, um, a drama uh, at uh, the, my local technical college and the guy who ran the course was quite adamant that anybody who did his course then had to go to a drama school. So I just kind of found myself doing that. But really, I started doing drama and acting because I felt... I found that I could concentrate on it for um, big chunks of time, which I couldn't really do with other subjects, you know. Um, I was I'm with you there. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, st- I would still be going after two or three hours, you know, thinking, ooh, what about this? And well, we, we could do this. So um, that's how it came to be. And then, then I went to drama school and the rest is kind of history. Well, an awful lot of history. And I, tell, I was looking through your CV. You've, you've done some amazing uh, different parts over the years, lots of character stuff. Now, I, I'm not going to go down the road of the fact that you play butlers a lot, but, I mean, there is a little bit of a, a line of a butleridge uh, running through your career. You're testing me, Sprout. Yeah, I've done it two or three times. I think it's kind of got to stop. I mean, I, <laughs> I have to say, I, I di- I'm not in the second series of the Durrells, so it might have oh. been it might have been brought to an end with that. 
Um, so basically you're Leslie Karen's uh, butler in the Durrells in Corfu. You were in Gosford Park playing a footman. I, I, I presume the, the, the connection there with, you know, obviously Downton Abbey, Julian Fellows, the fact that he uh, worked yeah. on Gosford Park, was that the link for you to get Downton? Uh, well, he was the kind of um, stamp of approval, but, but the director on the episode that I was brought into for Downton, uh, I, I'd worked with that particular director about six times. So uh, he he said, oh, what about Jeremy Swift? And Julian Fellow said, oh, yes, I like him. So they brought me in. I didn't have to, I didn't have a casting for it. I was just offered it. Wow. And I wasn't really sure about it first because I didn't have an option for you know, several other uh, episodes. It was just those two two scenes, and I thought, oh, I almost turned it down. Um, but I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I'm so glad you didn't as well. <laughs> and, and obviously you are involved in uh, your filming now. You were filming last night for Mary Poppins. I was filming last and, night, And um, yeah. I mean, I, I know this is awful because you are a character actor and you've done loads of different stuff, but I, I, I'm seeing Spratt in, in Mary Poppins at the moment. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not quite... I'd, I'd like to change the... <laughs> Parameters a bit, you know, like those old books where you have the the top part of a sailor and the bottom part of a policeman. I kind of do that, so so this might be a little bit inevitably of grumpy sprat. You just have to watch yourself, obviously, because I mean, if you're at parties, people be getting you to do the washing up and stuff. Yeah, I don't mind doing the washing. I mean, I asked for tea two minutes ago, and you still haven't brought. Yeah, no, I apologise. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Sue Johnston with the the kettle. Can we talk about Sue Johnston and also the wonderful Dame Maggie? You're testing me, sprat. What was it like working these? wonderful people and I mean obviously you know I guess everybody asks what were they like to work with so what were they like to work with (laughs) (laughs) well I find Maggie to be she's got a very dark sense of humour and I find uh, uh, very funny Uh, and she works really hard on the scenes and she'll explore every opportunity to make it great you know Um, she will stand up work it out and, and you know so often you just Get on the floor and do it, you know. But uh, yeah, she's fantastic, and they're they're both lovely. Um, Sue is delightful, you know, and she they're from from two very different worlds, of course. Maggie's uh, kind of film royalty, and uh, and Sue is a kind of northern queen of yeah. television. Um, so it's uh, it's it's quite uh, it is a real privilege to work yeah. to have worked with the both of them. Amazing people to work with, and such such a privilege to to, to be. Um, Involved in a show that's seen by I don't know, it's 130 countries or whatever. You probably know the statistics more than me. I think it's 220. Oh, you see, I, I missed it by about 70 or 80, but never mind. But uh, yeah, amazing. I mean, and the Downton movie. We are hearing uh, lots of rumours about this, and the fact that Spratt will be in it. Have you seen the script yet? I have seen a script, and Spratt does pop up a little bit, like a bad smell, as he always does. <laughs> uh, what's it's supposed to happen this year? But the logistics of getting the third 35 plus known faces and you're not not just talking about doing a great film, you're talking about getting the people, the actors who did those characters who are now inseparable, getting them all together is uh, a bit of a nightmare I would have thought. All tied to other contracts and other shows and other other films and all the rest of it, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, but I'm sure it will happen because at (laughs) the end of the day there's probably a lot of money to be made. Well absolutely, but also I'm sure sure the actors, I get the impression from what I've read 
together. They've all had a good time working on Downton, and a lot of care and love was put into that show. And if you are involved in, in, a, in a family like that, 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 that just feels quite nurtured, uh, you, you would want to get back it, if at all possible. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that that does apply to most of the cast. I mean, for me, I'm in a bit of a cupboard um, in you know one set mostly uh, with Maggie. But you know, there, a lot of the the most of the cast have been through some uh, a unique experience in this huge epic television you know sensation that's... well I want Sprout to get his own sequel you know many people have said this oh it'd be brilliant <laughs> one man's mission your leadership you're testing me Sprout your leadership either impart this piece of information or go <laughs> <laughs> to wait at table. Oh, well, anyway, I, it's just an idea, but I'm just putting it out there, so hopefully yeah, people yeah. are listening yeah, to it. and um, on a daily basis. What was, um, what was uh, the, the thing about you wearing a, a dress as a policeman and what the butler saw? What the butler saw, note the title. Oh, that was... Um... Uh, oh, at the National Theatre. I just jumped time tracks. There, you did, yeah. <laughs> just phasing uh, you a bit. Yeah, no, uh, that was uh, yes. I, that was, I worked with David Tennant on that. Was a big oh, break for wonderful. him. And he was nude in it, I have to tell you. Was he, though? He was, yes. Um, Some rumours about David Tennant, I don't know. But that, that was a, a <laughs> oh, Billy Piper, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a great show. Um, really crazy, mm. you know, Joe Orton. Classic comedy. Scratch and Sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. You're listening to SNS Online with my very special guest today, Mr. Jeremy Swift. And if you want to comment on this or any other show, then please like our Facebook page, SNS Online. Also, Twitter, SNS Online. And all our shows are available as free downloads on SoundCloud by searching there for Wait for It, Wait for It, SNS Online. I do hope you're taking all this down. And finally, if you want to email us, the address is snsonlineshow at gmail.com. When you're in America, I mean, do they have Downton conventions or anything like that? I mean, they, the Americans must lap all that. Do you, do you get your knickers ripped off and all the rest of it? <laughs> well, I've only been to America once since it all happened, and I went uh, last year to the uh, SAG-AFTRA Awards, um, and I, 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 primarily to get myself a, an American manager. Mm. But, yeah, pe- people came up to me who... Uh, uh, who I knew, uh, uh, and they knew me, and that was that was incredible. That was Aww. rather strange as well, but very flattering. Yeah. Feeling the love of Downton tonight. Now, um, we were talking about Mary Poppins very briefly. How much can you tell us about Mary Poppins, and uh, can you succumb to tickling or bribery? Um, neither, because otherwise I'll just get a huge <laughs> smack bottom from Disney. Um, uh, uh, I can only tell you that it's going to be great. <laughs> and there are amazing people in it. And if you, if you know. know who's in Meryl it, Streep, Meryl Emily Streep, Drum. and uh, Emily and Colin Firth, mm. and, and you know Ben Wishow is one of my favourite actors. I mean, he's an absolute artist. Mm. Meryl Streep's a bit overrated, though, don't you? Oh, apparently. Sad! Exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> she is just so easy to get on with as well. She's just a hoot. She is hilarious. But, Jeremy, and, do you know how much I'm excited about I'm so excited about Mary Poppins. I mean, my partner, we watch it at least once a year. Do you? We quote from it. We love oh, it. We love amazing. the songs. And the fact that Dick Van Dyke is hopefully going to give his stamp of approval by having a role in it and all the rest of it. I mean, I don't know if Julie Andrews would, you know, 
she'll be on the, on the park bench drinking bottle of mess or something as you walk past. That would be a little bit sad. That's another kind of Mary Poppins, isn't it? Um, what I can tell you is that, without giving anything away, that for a, I have a very small moment, tiny moment, with Dick Van Dyke. So I was on set with him oh last God. week. Oh, that's fantastic. And he is just the most fantastic guy. He's, 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 he's got it. He's totally got it. He's always on it, and he's 91, and he's inspirational. He was... Cracking jokes, dancing, uh, uh, and he's and, and you know coming and talk to us. Not he wasn't in a little private yeah. cell. He came into the the uh, easy up booth where we have coffee and stuff, and we're all sat and just chatting away. And he's just delightful. I think the whole way we look at older people now is is changing. I mean, we got old Brucey, a thousand glorious years, and all that. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> I think just that the whole way. I mean, uh, what's the name? Um, Dot Cotton. Uh, June yes. Brown is ninety. I was still working on these standards. Extraordinary. So just hope. Hopefully for all of us. I know. <laughs> if the radio's dull in the neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Nick Randall. If the jocks are weird and don't sound good, who are you gonna call? Nick Randall. Jeremy Swift, the pop star. First of all, why everything's a joke? Um, that song came to me in a kind of grumpy mood, and I just—I can tell by listening. Yeah, listen. yeah, it's a very moody one, um, and it's a little bit tongue in cheek. But um, I just wanted to just address the kind of disenfranchised world. world. Yeah. <laughs> no cynicism there at all. <laughs> <laughs> With that track, anyway. But hopefully there are other kind of ideas and colours uh, on, on throughout the album. Mm. And, and, and hopefully there's optimism and, and um, weirdness and all sorts of stuff on there, too. It, it feels very concept. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I did think... The other day, I thought it could almost be a concept album. I mean, it isn't really. I mean, well, just I, say it is. Just say it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you when you create something, you know, I don't know whether you, you know, whatever it is, you you uh, you're kind of holding up a mirror to a how good you are at it, um, and what your influences are. And I've got a lot of influences. You know, I like my. I was brought up in a musical household. Yes, um, yes, of course. Yeah. Did do you do you play um, many instruments? I do. I kind of. Um, and did you play them on the album? Obviously, uh, I, I did. I play everything on the album. R really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, there's uh, some really lovely. I mean, I love the more chilled stuff. I mean, we talk about like the first track, which I adore. And we must play in a minute. Turn from the sea. Oh, cool. Um, I love the piano, the, the melodic, the sort of the, you know the atmospheric um, overtones, seashore, and all the rest of it. It's, it reminds me of a sort of epic super tramp opening. That, oh, that, that's that's, that's what it worked for me. Is that is that a good thing? Should I said that? <laughs> I nearly divorced my wife when we found out <laughs> that she liked Supertramp and I hated Supertramp. <laughs> You've obviously been a cyber converted since when you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that track was... Um, Oh, that was a, it's a bit of an existential sort of thing. I, I wrote the words after going to the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam because I was just thinking about land and sea and how the uh, because he was painted so much of the land and even roots, you know, of uh, crops and things like that. Um, so that that kind of affected me on that one. Yeah, they've mm. they've all got different inspirations. Mm. Some are personal and some are bigger pictures. Absolutely. Let's have a little blast of turn on the sea. <laughs> Turn from the sea from your debut album, Everything's a Joke. So, yeah, let's, I mean, again, running through a few uh, tracks, I get the feeling there's a big Bowie influence. Let's talk about David Bowie because sure. I, 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 I feel that uh, you worship at the shrine of David Bowie. I, I do. Um, and really, Roxy music are my long, oh. long life passion, but I think. Um, I started singing along to Bowie, uh, you know, when I was with Diamond Dogs, really. And that's when I found I had a bit of a voice when I was a kid. I think my voice must have just broken. Mm. Um, but Brian Ferry, you can't really sing along with unless you're <laughs> taking the mickey out of... <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> Uh, but I'd, I'd, I'll know. sample that later. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, but I loved Roxy, and I know, oh gosh, everything about them, all all their spin-off albums, and you know, and Brian Eno is a, a complete hero of mine. But yes, Bowie is uh, is, is a massive influence. I think primarily, on, uh, as I say, on the on on my uh, singing style, and I think for my generation as well. I mean, a, a lot of my friends said, "Oh, Jesse, do sing a bit eighties, <laughs> that heroic thing," you know. I love it. Um, but uh, I started with Star Song, the, the you know, for want of a better word, the single, the mm. the, the leading track. Absolutely. Uh, I did 
th have him in mind when I started to write because I thought I started to put it together instrumentally and I thought well this sounds a little bit Ziggy a little bit early Bowie and I thought well let's make it about Bowie then yeah, and then uh, and then I thought oh let's make it about the Bowie effect and uh, it's re that's what it's about really it's it's about how you know, uh, it, it, where I was brought up in the northeast, the working class kids, who some of whom had only been skinheads a year before, suddenly were dyeing their hair and looking <laughs> like a lad insane and putting <laughs> eyeliner on. <laughs> I just it was such a huge thing to affect you know Brit teams. We just had Alan the Entob on, and he was talking about the crack tax, obviously from '73, oh, I think, which was just. Um, I've watched that so many times. Yeah, he, he gets he, he gets stopped on the street a lot of the time talking does about he, that. Does he? Yeah, wow. Absolutely. Um, let's um, go to another track. I would like to hear now. Which one did I like? Oh yeah, thanks to you. I particularly like. Obviously, it's a song about love, isn't it? It is, yes. It's, it's, is it, my it's wife. about your wife and kiddies. It, it, well, it's about my wife in, in particular. Okay, yeah, but that's allowed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your, um, your bunny rabbit called. Now wait for it, wait for it. Broccoli. Oh, broccoli. Oh, no, no, don't tell me. <laughs> he passed. He's passed on a year. You still got you put. You got a pussy cat as well. We have. Yes, <laughs> we've got. A, we've got two cats now oh. who are having Mexican standoffs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my cat's Monkey, and we have Gums and Moby, the goldfish, who, who are big fans of Downton. They look slightly startled at the end of the episode, especially when you're in it for some reason. But there we go. Uh, we're going to play a track, won't we? Let's hear Thanks to You. Second side 
Thanks to you, Jeremy Swift, um, dedicated to his lovely wife, who I'm sure is listening. Now, I was going to ask you about another track, Opa or Opia? Opia. Opia, sorry. It's an <laughs> instrumental track. Um, I thought Lovely in the Bath with Candles, very ambient. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have I got that right? Uh, yes, right I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, um, I tried to mix it up a little bit so it wasn't just... I th- I wanted to put rhythm with it, you know, so I sort of mixed up the There's rhythm on it. There's some lovely bits and pieces in that, some really lovely, uh, I can't, I'm not very good at articulating about music, but... Uh, some little motifs and yes. things. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. good, you're good, man. Also, apparently, you are you do uh, some music for film, or you you have been doing some of that. Is that right? Or I, I have done, I have done in the past. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, I, I can I can hear that in the in the in the tracks as well. Cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I the studio is kind of my main instrument, and I, I I'm something I've been good at for a long time. I think better than playing the guitar or whatever is is arranging things and programming things quite quickly. You yeah. know. Um, and, that, and it's something I, I really, really love to do. Uh, 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 as a side to that, I've started in the last two years learning the double bass. Um, wow. uh, and that's probably at the moment my best instrument because if you play a number of instruments, you end up sort of plate juggling, really. <laughs> you, you know, my violin playing now is really quite bad. Um, but it was. I, I quite... suspect it's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but that's my big love at the moment. Mm. And, and, that, and I like that because. 
it's it's a world away from you know mixing and being mm. at, at the at the screens and you know yes uh, it's very physical <laughs> and it's huge. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the Kickstarter campaign, but you because you use that to actually um, you know kickstart uh, your your album. Uh, we've had quite a few people on now who've embraced this. So do, do you think that's that's a really good route to uh, to go there? I do. I think um, you have to really uh, do a lot of research um, beforehand and chat to okay. any, chat to people. Maybe uh, the, the, there should be a kind of post Kickstart community group. Maybe there is online that's somewhere. A good idea. Um, just to give feedback because there are a lot of Sort of kind of traders. There are people who send you things when they see that you're on Kickstarter and say, "Hi, I've noticed that you're on Kickstarter. Did you know that most Kickstarter, uh, you know, fail? And th- th- because of these reasons, what you need to do is give me two hundred dollars and blah 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 blah." <laughs> and you know, I naively did to one, but no. yeah, yeah, because because I looked, I, I, I sort of researched him and I saw that he had had success, and I didn't see any uptake in my, uh, you know, in, in people who were joining onto my Kickstarter. Program oh. from their from their campaign at all, and I asked for my money back, and of course I couldn't. You so didn't get it. Oh, yeah, swine. I know. So you have to be careful of that kind of thing. Mm. But uh, no, it's a it's a it's a great thing to do. Mm. Uh, w- w- one major thing you have to do is make sure you have like about a quarter of the money yeah. yourself, mm. to, because people buy into it. Uh, and sorry, I mean, and, and then put it in at the beginning because people buy into it if it looks successful. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a major mm. tip I would give anybody. Now let's uh, go to. I'm going to spring this on you. The soundtrack of your life, which is basically a track that you pick uh, that might sum up something professional, personal, just because it makes your feet tap, or possibly all three. Now, clearly, as a musician as well as an actor, there are an awful lot of tracks floating about out there. But um, it could just be one that works for you today. I suppose the the track that I never get tired of hearing, and it just. It's like a door opening, is Pajama Rama by Roxy Music. As soon as it begins, I, I just find it, it's, it's so evocative and it's, it's, it kind of, it's kind of cool and it breaks your heart at the same time. Uh, I, I just adore that. And that was, that was the gateway track that got me into Roxy Music. Well, that's, that's the one we got to hear. <laughs> Couldn't sleep awake last night Oh, how I'd love to hold you tight they say you have a secret life Well, sacrifice your key to paradise Never mind if the world by stone Just put a new recipe to go Take a speaker just like you Highlights if only we could build
for you obviously you're um doing all the rounds with the album presumably some live gigs as well i'm not going to do any live gigs until i'm i'm convinced that people are interested in the album <laughs> um i would really like to do that um but you know it needs organization and mm. expense and really i'm doing this it's a very independent thing for me i don't have a manager or a record label that uh, um nobody else has played on it as i've said to you it's kind of um, a huge indulgent <laughs> uh, project. Uh, so, uh, I, but so I would love to do another album, mm. but I'll see how this one goes. Mm. And I would, I would like to perform live. I mm. think I could kick it. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, getting it in there with my acting. Work Absolutely. As well. well, you've got a lot of uh, future stuff happening. I'm obviously aware of. Uh, Mary Poppins Downton. Aren't there a couple of other blockbusters um, in in the works that you might have some involvement with next year? Um, who knows? Bear in mind, <laughs> I could tickle you at any moment. <laughs> um, well, uh, it's it's going pretty well. If you're if you got a job in, in hand in this business, then that's that's a nice mm. place to be. Sprat the movie. This time it's war. <laughs> this time it's personal. Or if it's set in an office, this time it's personnel. I I, I really think that uh, we, we need to see far more of Sprat yeah. in our lives. So, Jeremy Swift, thank you so much for joining um, SNS Online today. All thank it remains you. for me to do is to give you your celebrity goodie bag because you've been very good today. So, oh. uh, celebrity go. goodie bag. Oh, thank you. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, I've dropped it already. That's because you're a celebrity. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Champers and, and uh, chockies. Oh, so, bless you. Yeah. Thank so, you. So, um, thank you so much. Thank you. What a pleasure. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> testing me, Sprout. Well, we're not quite done yet. Take a listen to this. Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff? Scratch and sniff! I didn't know I was agreeing to that. (laughs) I thought those days were over. I really enjoy working in small theatres. I don't like the huge, spectacular shows, you know. I quite like to see the audience. The whites of their eyes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, not quite, (laughs) not quite. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. What a miserable life led she. She didn't have Cadbury's dairy milk and nobody came for tea. My father said, dentistry would be a very useful uh, career for you. You can use it any country in the world and as a Jew you might be thrown out any time. Still it remains in me that that possibility. I think all good actors are trying to shine a light on what it means to be human. Mm. 
you know, and to look at human behaviour and, and to look at contradiction. And this is what and David Bowie saw. This. Is this true? David Bowie saw this and then uh, wanted you to make a documentary about him. Yes, he asked me if I'd like to meet up and would I, he liked what he saw. And I mean, thought, what a compliment. Yeah, it, it kind of was. Maybe Fantastic. it was a rash judgment to make. <laughs> and this woman came up to me, she said, now tell me, have you made any movies? And I said, well, no, I haven't been to Betty Ford yet. Well, if I could have gone through that floor. <laughs> and somebody came pounding across the beach at me. I thought, oh, no, not here, not now. Leave me running towards me, running towards me. And I, and they ran straight past me. <laughs> by hook or by crook, I ended up meeting them in their hotel. The words breaking in are so vulgar. For a 16-year-old Beatlemaniac <laughs> to spend eight days with John and Yoko, I still don't believe it. And then I was with Douglas mm. uh, Adams. I will always remember Douglas's immortal words. She can't sing, she can't dance, she can't act. What's the good of her? <laughs> and for some reason I was insulted. And then the door opened and I went, Blimey, you're Shelley Winters. And she said, and who are you? And I said, I'm Derry Foles. And she put her tongue right down my throat. <laughs> I never saw her again the rest of the evening. Are you enjoying now far more than you were enjoying the height of your success? No, because at the height of my success, I was on private jets and limousines and I wouldn't be stuck in a pub with the likes of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's charming, that is. And Brit Eklund turned and gave me a smile such as you have never seen. And I got this wonderful, utter, total attention until she realised I was absolutely no use to her whatsoever and it was all turned off as though the light was Oh, turned. no! It did make me laugh. And also by the Scotsman, uh, apparently you are tender, frightened and convincing. I mean, it's working for me. <laughs> I've made Sandy Walsh blush, but in a, in a good way. It was for me, being in the supermarket in Accrington, and my elderly lady's coming up to me and saying, when are you and Marie getting married? And me saying, well, we're not allowed to because Hayley's transgender and, and them going, never mind that, they should be together. And that's the way to change the world. I'd say about yeah. this film is it's perfect to take someone on a date to because you don't have to at, talk to them. Yeah, did you do the old yawn, arms around the back, <laughs> creeping down the front? It was very I'm, tempting. I'm doing a bit. <laughs> Sliding the bra out of the top, yeah. <laughs> An art to that. I interviewed on the same day Idi Amin and Harold Pinto. Difficult for me to say who was most difficult and intimidating <laughs> of the two of them. Well, I mean, were you in the same room as these people? I was in the same room as Harold Pinto. I oh. wasn't necessarily, but I, I collected them. That's probably the best choice together as a, Yeah, Harold always was, but we became good friends over the years, yeah. and I didn't continue my relationship with Idi Amin, I can tell you that. <laughs> And I had a terrible problem because my Hamlet kept treading on my very pointed toe shoes, you see. So I had to keep trying to leave the stage. But, of course, I couldn't because he was on the foot. And it was written as this sort of very camp thing. And I actually knew a couple of people that auditioned for it. And they said, oh, it's this very sort of camp actory type. Mm. I thought, well, I could do that. But it said, Len is tall. And uh, Mark Gator sent me an email and said, will you give me a ring? And I thought, he's not doing that to tell me I've got it. Uh, he's just being nice because he is the nicest man in the world. And he said, look, we've... We loved what you did, but... And I said, you've gone for somebody tall, haven't you? And he went, yeah. <laughs> I could never get an agent for years because of my disability, so I had to be my own, which was good for me, actually, because it taught me a lot of discipline. 
And so I'm negotiating for right fee, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not as good on that one. More about getting the role. Now, what makes this film interesting is that it's actually really the story about two men, because J. Edgar Hoover, for so all of the... <laughs> <laughs> Look, Nick, there's not much man-on-man action in this uh, movie. But yeah, what it is, okay, oh is a sort of story Just about... Just very intense here, right? Go on, go on. It's a story about... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, we haven't done this readers for a couple of months. Uh, so, anyway, go on. OK. Yes, it's better be good. <laughs> so, basically... J. Edgar Hoover, famously, was he gay? And I just think, actually, that if you don't have older actors and older actresses, you're not really getting a view of a balanced society. How much can you tell us about Mary Poppins? And uh, can you succumb to tickling or bribery? Um, neither, because otherwise <laughs> I'll just get a huge smack bottom from Disney. Um, uh, uh, I can only tell you that it's going to be great. <laughs> and there are amazing people in it. And if you, if you know. know who's in Meryl it, Street, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, and uh, Emily, and Colin Firth. Mm. And, Meryl Streep's a bit overrated, I think. <laughs> oh, apparently. Sad! Exclamation mark. And then there was a guy who was supposed to shout something from the wings, and he didn't come on. And I, very oh. quick thinking, because I've got a very deep voice, I rushed off to do this old character who actually was still in the toilet. Okay. And I went off and I went, and the line was, Give me some light. And then I ran back on as Ophelia. <laughs> I've made up for it. I, yeah. I've spent many, many years since making amazing commercials, teaching people how to make sure that they don't get infected with STIs. Oh, right, that's so lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm the voice of chlamydia. So the review came in the next day. The first Ophelia to start out mad and go slowly say. My simple mantra is... Never accept the world as it is. Dream of what the world could be and then help make it happen. No, I love it. Carol Decker on Scratch and Sniff with a goodie bag. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it tremendously. And uh, thank you for, for picking up on so many things that I'd, I'd actually forgotten about. Did Katie get all this? Oh, yes, she got all this, yeah. No, wonderful. Tell you, Nick, it's been a total pleasure. I should get highly drunk. Thank you very much. What an enjoyable interview.